So I'm excited um, for the next three or four Wednesday nights because often I feel like, uh, as I expressed Sunday, we we really uh, tend to have the same, it feels like God's been putting the same message over and over. There's been hints of it. It it may change a little, but there's just a common theme through. But I want to get into some teaching. There are some things about the Bible that we that we don't really um, hit a lot of on in, in church services as a whole, at least me growing up, I didn't hear a lot about, and one is about angels. Um, although, here's the thing, I think non-believers, or at least people that have a knowledge of God but are not committed Christians, probably talk about angels more than Christians do. I mean, think about it, there's a fascination, but here's the thing, where, where those that don't really know uh, what they're talking about, but get into angels, they have a lot of misconceptions about them. You can see it a lot of times if you just Google angels, the kind of pictures that will come up. People have got them looking like Xena, warrior princess, whatever. You know, I mean, uh, they've got kind of a a different. But, you know, a lot of us, other than what the Bible says, um, we have no idea beyond what the Bible tells us. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14, and I forgot to mention this. If you like where you're at, you're fine. But now that all the kids have gone, if there's another seat you'd like to take, you're welcome to move. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14 in the English Standard Version says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are, in, who, who are to inherit salvation? So there's a, a differentiation made in this passage right now that says, Here are the ministering spirits to those who are to inherit salvation. Obvious identifier right off in the scripture there that that places them separate from those of us who have the ability to be saved. So for the next several weeks, I want to look at some, uh, some of the things unseen. The spiritual world around us. And there's, there's much confusion on this subject. And we'll, we'll lay some of it to rest, some of the myths to rest. And more importantly, learn some incredible truths that will change the way we view the world around us and how we live. Now listen, the, the Word of God is all about salvation of man that's the the common theme through one end to the end it's it's to bring men back into right relationship with god however you cannot ignore any other uh details about scripture and angels are talked about pretty heavily i mean there's not a ton of text about it but it's talked enough about it and in detail in some areas where we should pay attention we should never underestimate (coughs) the ministry of angels because they have a job to do in this world so i'll i want to tell you a little story about where i I can't say that i ever really know for a fact i've encountered angels i've had a few instances where some stronger than others but there's a few that i really question really think possibly when i was 16 and just starting to drive my grandmother living in tulsa my mom and dad agreed under a lot of pressure from me to allow me to drive my 1979 Toyota Supra with the sunroof and the straight six, all black. To me, it was the Miami Vice black Ferrari Spider. In my head, that's what it was. Standard shift, that puppy would, would go. you know. And so I was 16, I had the vanilla ice hair and uh, the risky business glasses on, and I had the music cranking, and I was on my way. Now, Mom and Dad said, you go straight to Grandma's, you visit Grandma, and you come back. My head is like, I'm going straight to Grandma's, tell Grandma I'm going to Wood in the Hills Mall because I'm going to go find where the girls are at, you know? And that's what I was thinking, you know? And so I went, and we teach our kids something. 
But I think every, you know, there was a few teenagers left in here that aren't back there. Let me tell you a little truth about life for those who are being um, exposed to the truth of God's word. And, and I say it like that to say because I'm not going to assume that this only applies to those who have made a decision to follow Christ. It actually seems to apply to those who have just heard the truth. And once they've heard the truth, there's a responsibility to it. We teach our kids that when you knowingly disobey, something bad's going to happen. When you knowingly disobey, we could, we could almost, it's funny, uh, not funny, but we would tell our kids that, and they would do something disobeying us, and they'd get hurt. And we don't wish for that. We're not glad. Oh, see, I told you. But it would happen. When you knowingly disobey, then all of a sudden, it's like there is a price to pay right then. Well, so I'm off, I'm off, and I'm not saying God does that. I'm saying sometimes we take ourselves out of the protection, I believe, of, of God for a moment. He allows so much of it to happen to us to teach us a lesson. But I T-boned, ran a stoplight, listened to my music, not paying attention. I T-boned a car full of people. So bad, turned that car into horseshoe shape. Sent us all to the hospital. Knocked me out. In fact, an eyewitness off to the side said they thought that there was a pillow or some kind of mattress that went up and cracked the, hit the windshield, but that was my head. And I had my seatbelt on. And I don't know if it failed or what, but my head went up in the dash. Knocked me out, put me in the ambulance. I'm coming in and out of consciousness. And I started worrying. I was like, oh, man, I'm in big trouble. I was trying to see what the, what the car. I remember barely seeing the other person's car. And as they're sliding me in, somebody with just the softest, gentlest hand touched my hand and said, don't worry, CJ, Uncle Herschel's already on the way to the hospital. What's really weird about that is they had to find my wallet later. Like, my parents get notified, but my Uncle Herschel was the first one that got to the hospital and just had the com most calming voice. Couldn't see their face, just remember the voice, remember the warmth of that touch. And so there was one instance in my life where I was pretty certain after I thought it through that I probably had encountered an angel. Um, I remember at church on Wednesday night one time, this is back when John Moore was uh, leading worship on Wednesday nights, anybody that was here during that time. And there was a man, um, now I'm going to sound really bad for a minute when I explain my attitude towards this, but you've got to understand, uh, I grew up as a pastor's kid, and uh, when people come to a church service right before service and say, and you don't know who they are, and like, I've got to see the pastor. Nine times out of ten, it's somebody wanting, to, wanting money, and a lot of times those are found to be scams. That's kind of a typical thing that happens, if those of you don't know. Churches get hit a lot for those things, but it's usually... That's when they know they're going to catch them there. That's when they know the pressure's on because they've got to have service. So they're more likely to make a snap decision. So I'm heading out of my office, and they're doing worship practice, and I see this man in, like, he had paint on him, and he looked rough, all except his face. His hands, his face were clean, but his clothes looked like he'd been, you know, working up a storm, he'd painting or something. And he's walking pace, and I was thinking, oh, no, he's looking for the pastor. So I have to admit, I went back to my office. We didn't have the cameras in, and I'm waiting. I'm thinking, okay, you know, and so I figured somebody's going to come back. I waited for somebody to come back and say, Pastor, somebody's wanting to talk to you. Never did. It's getting close service. Well, I see, and he's up here while they're doing worship, which kind of right, and he's just walking, walking back and forth, walking around. I thought, that's kind of odd, you know, didn't. So there's a few people kind of watching him. And so I went to meet him, and I think he just said his uh, name was Mr. Or Mr. M or something. He gave, it was kind of a weird deal, you know, but very calm. Very nice man. He had this very thick older Bible. I remember we laid a, I laid a visitor card down where he sat, where he had, he had set his Bible. And so during the service I was preaching, I'd look up once in a while, and he was kind of 
looking. He'd look at his Bible, and he was just very intent. And uh, so I asked him after service, I said, so, you know, you live around here? He goes, oh, I'm doing some work at a house nearby. And I just walked over and thought I'd come over and, and I tried to kind of find out a little more about him. He's just very vague. And and uh, anyway, I won't go into all the detail, but he, he said some things just kind of had me kind of wondering. And I had this thought as soon as he walked off. I was like, I wonder if that guy's an angel. Very strange thing as I approached by four people after service that all had the same feeling. And so it was kind of a weird deal. We don't know what the purpose was other than that, other than there's four people who are very logical thinking people who thought that th- that man, um, his interactions and the way he was behaving, the way he came across, just the feeling got that possibly he was an angel. You know, this world is not too interested in biblical doctrine. But the strange thing is there is a part of biblical doctrine that they are interested, but they don't really count as biblical doctrine when it comes to angels. It's a strange thing. In the minds of, of unbelievers, they can kind of have an interest in angels and somehow separate it. They can still have a disdain for the Word of God and Christianity and those things. But Hollywood, TV movies, uh, there's even Christian videos, Angel Wars, uh, which movies about angels. They were produced by the Left Behind producers. Um, then there's personal accounts. There's many people who have given uh, publicly and on TV or, or documentaries about encounters with angels. And so the world is okay about angels because it captures people's attention and it doesn't require them to focus on Jesus and the sin issue. That's the thing. It may be from the Bible. It may have to do with biblical theology. But for some, the fascination with angels becomes more about a supernatural apart from the, the doctrine about Jesus as our Savior. And mainly because they've allowed them to develop a theology, if you will, or at least just an ology about angels that goes as far as them as just a personal bodyguard. A lot of people for a lot of decades have just thought of angels as I've got a guardian angel. And so they think about personal protection, not so much a spiritual thing. And it's hard to argue with someone who's had personal experience um, as long as it doesn't disagree with Scripture. And it's possible. I, I heard a story of a dad and his young son who were fishing on a lake in a very deep area. Neither one were good swimmers, and they capsized. And the little boy and, and saw his dad go under and was afraid he was going to drown too. They found him, uh, when rescue got there, they found him sitting on a log that was floating. And they asked him what happened, and his, his dad had uh, perished. But they said, um, well, how'd you, get, how'd you get up on this log? Or was the log already there? He goes, I don't know. He said, I just remember a man coming by a boat. He picked me up, set me on the log, and then he went on. And so the, the later the account, they basically could never find this man, could never find any indication. And so there's an assumption that possibly uh, that was an angel. It's a sensational topic, but for Christians, it's much more than a novelty. It's, it's Bible truth that they exist and are active. We know for a fact that angels from the Bible, if you believe all the Word of God, that they are very active in our world and around us. There's four reasons why the world is enamored with angels. Number one, because there's a spirit of hopelessness. People are looking for answers and for something to fill their empty spirits. And see, an angel is all about doing something good for you, serving you, whereas Jesus is a matter of uh, dying to yourself and serving Christ or and serving others. And so angels are kind of a safe place to land for some who have a spirit of hopelessness. Secondly, a spirit of selfishness. As I said, Christians are called to be servants, but angels in the doctrine of angels and what people have uh, gleaned from that is they look at them as servants to us, which 
for the most part is true. They are a ministering spirit, but but that is one reason people cling to that, or they're enamored with angels. The third reason, uh, the spirit of new age. You see, our society is being conditioned for the for the end times. The world will accept the superhuman or the supernatural during the tribulation. We know that from Scripture that that will be more accepting. Um, we know that when the Antichrist receives a mortal wound to the head, right, the beast, and survives it, that you know, you wouldn't you think everybody'd be like, "Oh, that is biblical." That's biblical uh, prophecy right there being fulfilled. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give everything to the Lord. That we know that the, the scripture tells that people, we, we know there'll be some type of desensitation to the supernatural. Uh, the Antichrist gains power on a platform of signs and wonders. Number four, spiritual curiosity. We're all curious about the unknown. You know, I, I messed with everybody um, several years back on a sermon where I actually I'm thinking it might have been a men's Bible study or something. I, I remember starting off by saying um, that God had confirmed to me that Jesus was coming back that week because people are very susceptible to that. It was kind of a test to just see how quickly people just and I did. There's some people thinking, oh, pastor's really getting ready to tell us that, you know, they're probably getting ready to tell me um, we need a new pastor. But they were kind of like really believing that I said that because we're so used to any book coming out. 88 reasons Jesus is coming back in 1988, you know, and then they they went on and on after that. But but people are fascinated. Uh, they have a spirit of curiosity. Here's some questions, common questions that are found that people have about angels. What do angels look like? Anybody wonder that? Do we have guardian angels? How many angels are there? What is an archangel? Is it possible to see an angel or or do I pray to angels? What about demons? Are they real? How are they different from angels? Um, will I somebody, someday be an angel? So this series that we have for, for the next few Wednesday nights is really to help us answer some of these things because uh, even when you're trying to talk to people about Jesus, there's sometimes these little side conversations like, you know, people want to divert to what really interests them. And while we think, okay, well, I'm trying to talk to you about Jesus, but having a, a good basis of knowledge of Scripture all the way around helps because some people truly, they'll listen if you can tell them the things they're curious about. Then they'll listen to the other things. First talk to me about angels, then I'll listen to you about Jesus. So the world is interested in angels for all the wrong reasons, but we have a good reason to be interested. There's way too much in Scripture to ignore it. And Jesus believed in angels and referred to them many times. The Apostle Paul did the same. And as far as I have encountered, like I said, I don't, I don't know for a fact I did. I've told the story before about leading a street wrestling team, uh, teams while I was in Central Bible College and how uh, encountering people who were claiming to be Satanists, uh, I'm assuming they really were, uh, they were doing role-playing out on the, the square in Springfield and dressing in the goth and the long coats and um, but their leader, I knew for sure, had an evil presence. I could sense him blocks away. I've told this story where young lady, uh, one of the guys I had to keep a close watch on from Bible school because he tended to take the wrong approach and start a yelling match with, with people. And so I keep a close eye on him. Well, he got into it with this girl, and there's two guys with, with her, and I thought they were getting ready to thump on him. So I started heading across the square real quick. And when I walked over there, I just felt like I felt fuzzy doodads running up my spine. And I don't remember what I said, but I remember those guys getting a look on their face and her, and they leaving. A year or two later, um, 
ran into that girl. She had changed a lot. She'd end up giving her heart to the Lord later through a different experience. Someone else. But she recognized me and began to talk about that day when I walked over with two really big guys and scared, scared them to death. And I said, I wasn't with anybody. I was with the other guy that you're yelling at. She goes, no, you came over. There's two guys. And when we saw them, they looked pretty serious. We decided to leave. And there's that time where I, you know, I don't know her well enough, but if she was telling me the truth, then I walked over with two angels, I'm assuming. But um, there's, there's times like that that we, we encounter uh, that, that really bring, uh, bring it home for us. But in um, Hebrews 13.2, Hebrews 13.2 says, Be not forgetful, be not forgetful to, to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware means that we have to be careful about being too busy for people we don't know. We never know when one of them's an angel. Now that's a scary thought to think, I might have turned away one of God's angels because I'm just too busy. Hey, I'm on my way to get my pizza. It's going to get cold. I don't have time to sit and visit with a person. Maybe angel. So it, it just tells us that we are to be careful that, that at any time we could be entertaining an angel. Another story I have, uh, not personally, but we had uh, Sister Sharon Thomas come and speak here once. Her and Tim Thomas have been inner city missionaries to Chicago many, many years. Uh, they've been pretty much named like godparents to me, been very close to our family. Sharon tells a story about being on a trip by herself late at night on a highway where they had the concrete barriers up on the sides. So you could see everything was going on around there, and there's a lady walking. She feels the Holy Spirit tell her to pick her up. She's a little worried. She picks her up. So the lady was very dirty clothing, but her hands and her face looked almost clean and glowing. And they talked, began to talk about spiritual things. She began to minister to Sharon and then told her, okay, I want to get out here. And it was the middle of nowhere. And she asked her several times, are you sure? And when she let her out, she watched as she walked off in the back of her mirror. And then all of a sudden she was nowhere. And there's no way for her to run. So Sharon's always been sure that she entertained an angel on that trip. So you never know at, at what point when God leads you to spend time with someone that it may be uh, an angel. Who knows, perhaps she was, perhaps, uh, maybe she wasn't, but angels are mentioned over 250 times in Scripture. The word angel literally means messenger. That is their job title, that is their description. We are human beings, they are messengers. Angels are crea created spirit beings. They, uh, God created them, so they weren't eternal beings as in never having a beginning like God. It wasn't God and the angels for all of eternity up until we came along. At some point, God created the angels. So we know that about them. Um, Psalms 148, 1 through 5 says, Praise ye the Lord, praise ye the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise ye him, all his angels. Praise ye him, all his hosts. Praise ye him, sun and moon. Praise him, all ye stars of light. Praise him, ye heavens of heavens, and ye waters that be above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. So verse 5 tells us that he commanded, just like he did the earth, the stars, the moon, all of that, he commanded it and they were created. So they've not always existed. Um, they may always continue to exist. There's no indication that they will ever cease to exist, uh, but they uh, did have a beginning. And then Job 38 verses 1 through 7. I'm moving through some scripture pretty quickly through the rest of this. So you can turn there or you could jot them down if you're keeping notes uh, of just where we're heading so you can look them up later. But 
Job 38, 1 through 7. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Dress for action like a man. I will question you, and you will make it known to me. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the, the line upon it? On what were the basis on what were its bases sunk, or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Uh, and a reference in some other language referring to the sons of God as, as uh, the angels. And then it goes on. Um, Colossians, we look at, if we look at Colossians 16, chapter 1, verses 16 and 18. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things told together, hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, and in everything he might be preeminent. So they were created for the same reason we were created, and that's to bring glory to God. You know, it's really easy sometimes for us to focus uh, so much, and this is going to sound wrong in a way, but we focus so much on Jesus that we forget there's a whole host of created beings who are all messengers who are created to bring glory to God, and the way they bring glory to God is by serving us. They're serving God, but in service to him, they are, they are watching out for us. They are going before us. They are surrounding us. And so sometimes we pray, God, would you please help me or keep, keep my kids safe or, or this or that. And, you know, sometimes in the church we lose that in our prayers. God, send your angels to surround them. That he has hosts of angels at his beck and call. Angels are not glorified human beings. And this gets to be touchy for some. I've actually done a funeral before where, you know, I, it wasn't an appropriate time to say anything, but I'm with the Green family. I said, well, they've they got their angel wings now and they're, they're an angel now. Angels are not glorified human beings. We will never be angels. Angels will never be humans. When someone dies, there's usually someone who says, God needed another angel in that heavenly choir. Now, this isn't bad. Somehow we got the idea that then becoming an angel is, is a step up. But the communion that God created man to have and the lengths he went to for us to have salvation should prove to anyone that you'd probably rather stay a human being in glorified body when you enter heaven that'd be an angel. But, but because uh, this is not taught on a lot, some will take that as that's uh, a term of endearment for their, their deceased loved one, that they became an angel. So it's not about bursting people's bubble. It's simply not true. Humans don't become angels when they die. Now, if we're watching Christmas movies, we might come across where Clarence, in It's a Wonderful Life, says he's still, still trying to earn his angel wings after 200 years. Um, but there's also a, a southern gospel song, unfortunately, that has some bad theology in it that goes like, like this. A golden street to walk upon, a bell I'm going to ring, a brand new angel in the choir, I'm going to hear her sing. Nice little song, bad theology. But it's a, it's still, it's something that we have, to, we have to deal with what is truth. And while it might not be significant enough to tell someone when they're grieving for their loved one and they've got it wrong it's still something as christians we should understand psalms chapter 8 verses 4 through 5 what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him 
Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. So the Bible also says that Christ, when he came to earth, was made lower than the angels. And he did this in order to redeem mankind, to, to elevate them to a higher level than angels. And the Bible says that, that someday believers will judge angels. And I'm, I'm sure it's talking about the fallen angels. Um, obviously, if the angels haven't done anything to, to bring sin, uh, to cause them to fall, I'm not sure what we'd be judging. But Hebrews 2.9 says, But we see Jesus, who is made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death, for every man. And then Hebrews 2.16, For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. So there's times in the Old Testament when Jesus took on the form of an angel of the Lord. Now, many of us don't get this when we read Old Testament Scripture. Jesus actually was appearing to some in Old Testament Scripture as an angel of the Lord. Um, and here we'll see in Ephesians 6.2, uh, God clarifies that Jesus came differently in the New Testament. Ephesians 6.2, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual weakness in high places. And these are the fallen angels. Uh, but this verse shows that, we're not, uh, that they are not flesh and blood. They're not like us. Uh, angels are invisible spirit beings. Hebrews 1.14 says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? They occasionally do reveal themselves to humans. I, one of the most popular, um, <laughs> if you get into YouTube and you're watching things about uh, aliens, eventually come across all the angel videos where supposedly there have been sightings of angels. You'll see the one that you know, all of a sudden it slams the ground. And then if you read the comments, everybody that's dispelling that, and oh, if you watch it, uh, zero something something seconds you'll see there's a glitch or you know all this debate over whether we're seeing angels or not uh, and, and it becomes a bigger thing about whether you see them or not or whether you know that they've been there or not and the difference is in like the situations i described in my life and others where you are pretty sure a, a, an angel ministered to you and so a lot of times we as christians in other words we get so enamored by whether they actually appear visibly than whether we know that they've actually been ministering to us here's an old testament example for you 2 Kings 6, 8-12. Then the kings of Syria warned against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for, the, uh, for their Syrians are to come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of and saved himself there not once, nor twice. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was was sore troubled for these this things, and he called his servants and said unto them, "Will ye not shew me with uh, which of us for the king of Israel?" I apologize for reading because when I was putting in my Bible app, I thought I was copying the ESV, and I had the King James up too. It's a little harder to read, but um, verse twelve. And one of the servants said, "None, my lord, O king." But Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, uh, telleth the king of Israel the words that shall speak in my chamber. So what it's saying, and, and what um, if we read in the SV, what we get a little better from is that they believe God is somehow tell, uh, uh, letting Elisha know 
their battle plans. But when we look in the real uh, the original language, what's happening is, is that God is enacting the spiritual realm to make their plans known. And so we see this in sometimes Old Testament that they assume that some, uh, uh, some prophet that has gone before that has come back and is, their spirit is doing these things. 2 Kings uh, 6, 13 through 16. And he said, Go and spy where he is, that I might send and fetch him. And it was told to him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore he sent, uh, ho- sent horses and chariots and a great host. And they came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they for that they will be with us are more than that are with them. And so they figured out that Elisha, uh, they're looking to Elisha as a servant. He wakes up one morning, he yawns, he scratches his head, and he heads to the front porch to get the paper. He looks up and he's like, ah, there in front of him is the Syrian army, a great number of them. And so uh, he runs uh, and to his boss, it says, we're in trouble. And Elisha looks out and says, no problem. There's more of us than them. And so his servant's got to be wondering. He's probably looking around. He's like, okay, I see you and I see me. There's one, two. And I see a mass of them. But what Elisha is saying, he's saying that, that they have the host of, of God's armies with them. That that is greater than any number of men that could come against them. So then we see 2 Kings six seventeen, And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, Open his eyes that he may see. Now, here's the cool thing. This is like the comic book. You know, if your kids are reading the Bible and they're, they're trying to figure out how do I make sense of all this Old Testament stuff. Here's the coolest thing. Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open my guy's eyes here. He's not seeing what I know in the spiritual realm. And that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountains was full of horses and chariots on fire round about elisha so think about that okay let's go back to the days of uh lone ranger and tonto right you know they were in trouble what when was the worst time of trouble they go into the canyon right and they got the music playing in the background all they look up and there's all the indian tribes up there now what's funny about this you got you got the lone ranger and tonto but they both seem equally upset if i was tonto i'd be like it stinks to be you <laughs> I've got to end with these folks, you know, <laughs> but but that's kind of the, the feeling here is uh, this guy opens his eyes and it's just like the like as if they just appeared over the mountaintops are all these flaming chariots and, and they realize and these these horses all around Elisha and second Kings 618 and when they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, smite this people, I pray thee with blindness and he smote them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. These were angels. These were the armies of God. That's why I get so excited when we sing, um, sing that song about the angel armies. I know who goes before me. I know who stands behind. The God of angel armies, right? It's, it's the idea that even though we can't see them, the fact that when we are in trouble, and even when we're not. See, that's another thing. is It's not just when we're in trouble, that God's angels are always all around doing his work among serving 
those who he loves. So though we can't see them, angels are here among us. So there may not be as many empty seats in here as we think. We might be building a bigger building, not just to see more people, but to give room for more angels, right? So I don't want you to miss the rest of this series. These are going to be a little shorter messages. Um, I may have a little fill-in-the-blank things for you um, in the following series. This was, um, and I, again, I apologize. I was having trouble reading tonight. I, as long as I've read the Bible, King James still, sorry for those of you who think that's the only version. I could do without it. <laughs> but but um, we'll get into it. So this is an opener, and we're going to get into a little more detail about angels in the coming weeks. Um, listen, if you've got friends who are kind of like, I'm a spiritual person, but I don't know about church and Christianity, this is a good series to invite them to. Um, th- this little opener here is just the beginning, but we've got, a few, we've got at least three that I've got for sure, and I may extend it further than that. But leading up to Christmas especially, those are putting up the tree and some of them have a star someone put an angel up there but people will be reminded about angels more during the holiday season too so it'll be a good opener for them to get their curiosity up maybe they'll hang around and hear more about jesus too so all right let's pray lord thank you for uh this awesome group of believers lord again we pray for our junior bible quiz kids that are going uh, uh this weekend this saturday lord that you just bring back to memory the things they've studied Lord, you give strength to those who are coaches and leaders. Uh, give them safety. And we just thank you, Lord, for the ministry that goes out through New Song. Lord, increase it. Lord, that we would see souls saved continually. And we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're into a little early. Parents that have kids in JBQ, they may be ready to release them. They may need a little bit more time uh, since they're preparing. But just... Uh, We'll have somebody check in a minute. Love y'all.